Today's call to worship is found in Lamentations 3, 21 through 27 on page 759 and 760 of your Pew Bibles. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, I say to myself. The Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. To the one who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for people to bear the yoke while they are young. Today's Old Testament reading is found um, two places, page 683 in your pew Bible. It's Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts uh, higher than your thoughts. And then, um, if you will turn over to page 669, Isaiah 42, 9 and 10. Isaiah 42, 9 and 10. See, the former things have taken place, and the new things I declare before they spring into being, I announce them to you. Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise from the ends of the earth. You will go down to the sea and all that is in it, you you islands and all who live in them. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To those who are victorious... I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give each of them a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. Good morning. morning. Welcome to each of you this morning. You're a good-looking bunch. How many of you have been worshiping here for 10 years or longer? That'd be the... Okay... How many of you have been worshiping for five years or longer? And how many of you have been here for zero to five years? I, you know, I like what I see. Because I see a lot of depth of people that have helped build this church up. And I see some new people that God is bringing to our church family. And that brings new life, new vitality, and creative juices as we welcome each other uh, into the family. Let's pray together as we go to God's word. Father, we come to worship you today. And as we do so, Lord, we open our hearts and our lives to you. We come, Lord, with uh, a great wide diversity of needs this morning. We come, Lord, uh, just willing to be led by your spirit. So speak to us through your word, Father, as we worship you Feed us from your word that we might draw closer to you, for we ask in Christ's precious name. Amen. It was on one of those trips that we made from Denver to Los Angeles late in the evening that I pulled offside the road to catch what might be 30 minutes to an hour's worth of sleep. Typically, we would start early in the morning and just drive straight through. 
That's about a 17, 18 hour drive. I don't drive as fast as some of you that might make it in 12 or 13 hours. But we stopped in the middle uh, of the desert, out in the middle of nowhere. It was quiet, no moon in the sky, just darkness and silence. It was so silent that it was thunderous, it seemed. And I thought to myself, if I were out here, not in a vehicle, the one thing that I would want would be at least a match or a flashlight. And I was glad I had both. But if you don't have something, what is it that you want? You want what you don't have, typically. Think of it if you're on a 25-mile hike. About three-quarters of the way through the hike, you become thirsty. And you say, I have no water. Somebody says, do you have some? I say, I have none. What is it I want? Water. Oh, the other one is real easy. When everybody's eating food, and you've been on a two-day fast, and it's potato chips, or Cheetos, or pizza, and somebody says, oh, this is so good, what is it that you want? You want the food. If you don't have none, what is it you want? Just one piece of that pizza would taste so good. Just one potato chip. I bet you can't eat just one. How about just one Cheeto? After an hour of watching them eat it, you can place it between your lips and eat it so slowly the cheese rolls across the top of your mouth as it melts. Just one. How about it in life? When you've had a difficult time in a relationship or a broken relationship and you're feeling hurt, or lonely, or lost. What is it you want? Just someone to love you. Have you ever had none? That's probably not good English. But I was trying to how to package, compare and contrast none against one, and the history of none is not any, or no, not one. So if you don't have not one of something, what is it you want? One. So how do you get from none to one? Because when you don't have, when you have none, you need at least one to get to where you're going. Given the choice between none ice cream and one ice cream, I'll take the one. How about you? Hopefully there'll be two and three and four that follows. Well, where are we going? In life at times, we feel that we are at places where we don't have the fullness of life that we, that we desire. That sometimes we're stuck in that place of darkness. Sometimes we're stuck in that place uh, of loneliness. Sometimes we're stuck in that place of the desert experience in life. Where what we need is just a drop of water. Just a cup of water. And then the first one, and the second one, and there begins to be a synergy in life. Let me go back with you, transport you for just a minute, so that we can take a meta look at this matter 
and then apply it to our lives. So if we can go back in time and transport us back in time before creation, there was no, there, there was no world. There is no world at that point in time. What is there? Describe the universe for me. Before, before creation, what does the Bible say? There is what? There is a void. What else? Darkness. A darkness and void. What do you need? You need light. You need just a light. And God speaks and creates. What does he create first? He creates light. And he progresses. He speaks and he brings forth life. He brings forth the divisions of the days. He brings forth uh, man and woman. And he says, let us create them in our image. And there they are. He speaks. And there is one. I marvel at that. It's so simple. You've thought of it a thousand times. What does that tell us about God? What? He's awesome. What does it tell us? What else does it tell us about God? He's a creator. Is he just a stagnant being in the universe? Detached? He's actively creating. Oh, wouldn't it be great to be able to do that today? Just speak. Boom. I think I'd like some Cheetos. Here they are. I think I'd like to help that person who's lonely. Boom. Their life is filled with love. I think, God, if you could work, you know, just give me a couple of hours in which I could sing. That would be nice. How about if I could have just a few minutes of modeling what it's like to be a Christian? God, could you help me with that? Just once. Just a little space in time. When I looked into the universe and I looked backwards in, before creation, I just see darkness, nothingness. I wouldn't want to be there long. But God is such a creator. He speaks and it's done. Just like that. I love that thought. I said, if he can speak and create a world, maybe he can do something in my life. How about yours? Have you noticed how creative he is? He's a creating God. One of the things is that he creates us so unique that he puts people into your life for you to either help them or for them to help you. <laughs> you kind of wonder which side of the equation some relationships are on. So where am I going with this? Well, we can look back. We can look back to see where we've been. If we look back, even before the creation of the world, God said, I'm lonely. I'm lonely. And I want somebody. And he created man and he created a woman. And he's still lonely. And he still wants you. He still wants me. Because he's a God of love and he's a creating God and he's a sustaining God. I'd like to suggest to you today that if you want to get a handle on your life, kind of walk through four or five things with me today to see how they go in your life. Because if you want to, if, if you, let me back up. Let me, let me make sure this plane gets off the runway going the right direction. So we, we see that God's a creating God. As we think about our own lives at times, we find ourselves in places of darkness. We find ourselves in desert spots of life. 
We find ourselves hungry. We find ourselves in a place of desperate need for God. I think there are four or five things in the scripture that can help us in life, that can really change our lives in a very short time to take us to another level in our Christian experience. I'd invite you to open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 and 9. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 and 9. One of the first things that I find there is that God, God says, if you're going to change your life, you need to start changing some things. The first thing that he says that, that we need to acknowledge is that God's ideas for our life transcend our ideas. Have you ever mapped out your life and thought, well, here's how I want to do the next few days, here's how I want to do the next few months, and if I can do some things over the scope of my life, I count it a blessing if I could get all the way through here. Maybe you're more into, if I can get through the next few minutes, the next few hours, the next few days, life is difficult. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 and 9 declares, For my thoughts are not what? Are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. And my thoughts higher than what? My thoughts higher than your thoughts. The first thing I think if we're going to grow spiritually in our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ is we need to realize that what we think about and occupies our mind quite often are things that are not God's thoughts for our lives. Do you believe that to be true? Let's see. I've got to make sure the the bills are paid, the kids are fed. That's important. Uh, Make sure I get to work on time. Oh, I love that traffic on the 405. And I've got all these things to do. And God's sitting in heaven and saying, wait a minute. What is my thought for your plan? Uh, what What are my thoughts and my plans for your life? The first thing if you want to change your life is to change your thoughts. For your thoughts shape and modify your behavior. And your behavior becomes your patterns of life and your habits. Do you believe that to be true? So let me ask you a question. How many of you here today constantly think, what does God have in store for my life? Oh, your elbows are either broken, one or two, good. It's a scary question, isn't it? Because when you ask that question, you better be prepared for the answer. Because he has greater things in store for you than you even realize today. Do you believe that, friends? Oh, that was kind of weak for a Christian group that believes in God. Does God have higher thoughts and better ways for you to live than you're living today? He does, doesn't he? But in in order to grasp those things, we have to stop thinking in terms of how we get through life And turn our attentions to God and focus our thoughts to heaven and say, Lord, you have a greater plan for my life than I can even comprehend today in its fullest. The problem is, when he starts to roll out that plan, we have to be ready to take the progression in the ways that he leads. That's scary. If you're going to ask God, Lord, where do you want me to go? And you say, now wait a minute, Lord, I'm not sure that I want to go there. I'm not sure that I have the strength. Are you sure you have that in mind for my life? And a still small voice comes back in in the back of your mind saying, who are you to question what God has in store for your life? 
Have you ever asked God to do something for you or show you the way? And when he does it, you say, wait a minute, I'm not quite sure I'm ready to go down that path. Most of us do at different times, don't we? We say, Lord, lead in our lives, and I've got it figured out. If you'll only bless me as I've got my plans for your life. Uh, My plans for my life all figured out. But the scripture says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways. My ways, saith the Lord. The first thing, if we're going to experience life in its enhanced dimensions, is to realize that our thoughts need to be inspired by God. Our thoughts need to be guided and directed by God. We need to spend more time thinking about God's God's eternal wishes for our life. How we are to act, how we are to behave, what we are to do, rather than have all of that scoped out. The amazing thing that I think about when I think about that at times is the magnificent creative ability of God. Because into every community... He gifts people so, so spiritually. Yeah, my tongue is, is working today. It's just a little tie. He gifts people with such great diversity of spiritual gifts. Do you find that in the congregation here today? You have people that have the gift of hospitality, the gift of kindness, the gift of writing, the gift of music. You have people here that have the gift of empathy. You have the, the gift of teaching. And we could go right on down the list. Now, those are way across the spectrum. Why does God do that? He's the God of creativity. He creates in the community his image. But his image is a little bit sprinkled in this person's life. A little bit sprinkled in this person's life. And like a grand mosaic, he puts one tile in the picture at a time. One life. And when you get all of those lives together, you get a better image of God that, that is portrayed to the community. Do you believe that, friends? Yes. What happens, though, on that mosaic that God wants to portray to the world? What happens if you just take one tile out? Set it aside. Not much. What happens if you take another one out? Oh, we don't want that. Three, four, five, six. Pretty soon you have a broken picture of Christ. It is the collective image of God that God has placed in your life. As you work in and with the community of God, that the world sees a reflection of Christ. Do you believe that, friends? Have you seen it work in your own life? In people that you come in contact with? In, with mentors? With people that have guided you spiritually? So, new thoughts. A new way. There's only five things. New thoughts. A new way. A new way of living in your life, walking in the pathways that Christ takes you on. And his ways are different than the ways of the world. The world has a plan for your life. And I'll guarantee it's not to end up in the kingdom. They'll offer you the quick and easy way. It's easy, young men, young women, to to say, oh, I can come back to Christ. I'll just go down this path a little ways. And pretty soon you find yourself a few feet from Christ, a few yards from Christ. Pretty soon you wonder, where is he? Because you've wandered from him. But he welcomes you back. And he puts you on the path. If you don't like where you're at, think about it for just a minute. Get up and move. Go back to where you knew Christ best and try another path. As long as you're moving, he can move you on the right path. If you're sitting still or turning your back on him or rejecting him, 
you are wandering from him. But if you're moving on the path, it's his, it's his spirit that will guide and direct you. Do you believe that? But his path is different than the path of the world. You can go one way or you can go down God's path today. So too, we are, so we are all called to walk in the pathways of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's another thing I think that will help us to grow as we think of having nothing to having one. In Isaiah chapter 42, verse 9, there's something that has, that has helped me grow spiritually. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 9. Behold, the former things are come to pass. New things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I will tell you. And then in verse 10, it says, Sing unto the Lord. Do you know the next word? Help me out, you musicians. Sing unto the Lord a new song. And praise him from the end of the earth. Ye that go down to the sea and all that is therein, the isles and the inhabitants thereof. The third thing, I think, if we're going to grow spiritually in our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, is to have a new song or new words on our lips, a song in our heart. I've come come to the place in my spiritual experience, I say, Lord, every day is going to be a new song for me. Have you ever tried that? What's the song of the day? Every day with Jesus? Jesus? How would you describe your day so... uh, so far today, what would, how would you describe your day if you were to pick a song? Every move I make, I make in you. Every move I make, I make in you. What else? With Jesus, I can make it. With Jesus, I can make it? Why does the Bible tell us a new song does he place within our hearts? I think there's some spiritual principles here and there's some focus principles. When you're singing, you can't have a hard, you can't have a, A bad time in your life. You can have bad times in your life, but if you sing, it causes you to focus on something else, doesn't it? Put a song in my heart and a song on my lips. Whether you can sing or not, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Right? Does it work? I mean, it will change your attitude. If only for a minute. If only for a minute. If you have no song, all you need is what? One. If you have no song, all you need is one. If you can only remember one song about Christ, keep repeating that. He'll give you two. And by the third day, you'll have three. And you'll find a song in your heart and a song on your lips will change your attitude. and will draw you in a relationship with Christ. Have you found that to be the case at times? Have you ever found, have you ever found that when you're dealing with something later in life, There's a song that pops into your mind and you go, we sang that in missionary volunteers in Sabbath school. And it comes popping right into your mind. I'll guarantee you I could, if I could. (laughs) I could hum a few bars, if I could, of a song 20 years ago and you pick up on the lyrics immediately. I'll guarantee you, you don't remember a sermon from 20 years ago. I'll guarantee that, do you? You're lucky if you remember 20 minutes. But music gets lodged in your heart. So if you keep a song on your lips and in your heart, you will stay in a close relationship with God. Jot the reference down. You can look it up this afternoon. Psalm 96, verses 1 through 5. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord. Bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Declare 
His glory among the heavens, among the heathen, his wonders among all people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all gods of all nations are idols, but God the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him, strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give unto the Lord all glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. It's an amazing thing what songs in our words will do. But beyond, um, beyond our thoughts, beyond our words, I believe there are acts of kindness that will change our lives. Second Peter, it's not part of our scripture reading today, but if we're going to, if we're going to reach the world for Christ, and if we are going to have uh, Christ in our hearts and be meaningfully reaching the world for Christ today and growing spiritually, we need to have hearts and lives filled with kindness. There are a lot of times that life is abrasive to us. There are a lot of times that there's friction in life. There are a lot of times that there's polarization in life and there's contention in life. But I've never been around somebody who's kind that people don't like. Did you catch that? How, if, if I have to choose between spending a lot of time with somebody who's antagonistic or spending time with somebody who differs with me, but differs with me kindly, I'll choose the kind person. Do you also feel that way? The world today is a hostile place. And people are looking for, for Christians who have the character of Christ so deeply embedded in them that they're kind. Do you think that's asking too much of Christians to be kind? The world really doesn't care what you believe until they see what type of person you and I are. They're looking, they're hungering for kindness. The world is a harsh place. There is no kindness out there to speak of. But if we have one act of kindness, there might be two, there might be three, there might be four. And it's that consistent kindness that I can talk about that's so hard for me to embrace at times. For you see, it's easy when I'm in a good mood to be kind. But wait a minute. You get me in a not-so-good mood, and I'm not a very pleasant person. Now, don't ask my wife afterwards. We don't have all afternoon. God is working with me. But if he's working with me, he can work with you. Kindness, something that will draw others to you. So we see, how can we change and shape our lives? We can change and shape our lives through our thoughts through our songs in our heart, through our words, and through our acts of kindness. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 7. According as his divine power hath given to us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped corruption that is in the world through lusts. 
We're coming out of the world, escaping that. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness. I like the progression, don't you? God has called us into a relationship with him that consists of knowledge and godliness. In verse 7, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you like that? Lord, I want to tell people about you. And he says, wait a minute. Those are not exactly my thoughts for your life, Rick Rofler. My thoughts for your life is that you would be like me so they can see my actions through your life. And then they may listen to what you have to say. Changing the way that we interface with people. If we can just go from, dare I say it, no kindness in our life to just one act of kindness and hold our breath. If we can count to ten before we respond. If we can back up and say, wait a minute, this discussion is not really about me getting my own way. This discussion is about some pain that this person is having, either in our relationship or something else going on in their, in their life. And if I can just hold off my expressions and say, wait a minute, Lord, help me bring this person kindness. Do you like to be around people like that? I do. Do you? Yes, we do. So we can find, we can find if our thoughts... If the song coming out of our mouth is a song of Christ, if our words are carefully chosen, if we are about being kind people, I believe there is a multitude of people that don't have much or they have none of those things in their life. Do you believe that? I believe there are people that are thirsting and longing for the things that God has given you, the ways that God has blessed you. And you just share a little bit at a time, expressed acts of kindness. Oh, we've seen that God is a creative God. We see historically that God wants to take us from where we are. And he wants to call us and shape us and mold our characters after his likeness. To, to change our thoughts, to change our words, to change our interactions. To have hearts and lives filled with kindness. The good news, friends, is he can do it. And the good news is we can't do it by ourselves. Did you catch that? Some of you, it'll be Tuesday. The good news is we don't have to do it by ourselves. He does it through us. There was a time when out of the darkness, okay, I'm, I'm transitioning here, so make the transition This is kind of a painting that's developing as opposed to linear thought here. There was a time when God, in his loneliness, created Adam and Eve and said, I want somebody to be with me. And Adam and Eve turned their backs on God. There's a time today that he wants to interact with each of us. And if we look historically at our life, there are times when he comes calling and we've turned our backs on him. And we say, Lord, at times in our lives, we waver between 
that which is righteous and that which is unrighteous. We waver between your thoughts and my own thoughts. There are times when there is not much of God in my life. I'm walking through the spiritual desert of my life. The good news is, out of that darkness, he called forth Adam and Eve because he wanted somebody to love and be loved by. The good news is, out of that darkness, the darkness of your life in the darkest hours, he sends forth a second Adam. And he wants to love you. The second Adam being Christ, spoken of in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 52, pardon me, 18. Uh, uh, 21 says, Since by man came death into this world, by man also came the resurrection of the dead, Speak, meaning Christ. Just as he called out of darkness, Adam and Eve, and breathed into their nostrils a breath of life. In your darkest hours, where there is no light spiritually, where there is no water of life, where there's nothing but hopelessness, Christ comes. And he comes calling for you. He comes calling for you. He comes calling for me. That by the second Adam, we might have life and have life eternal. We might be called out of darkness into life. Oh, do you want to grow spiritually, friend? I believe there are, there, those are the keys to growing in your relationship with Christ. It doesn't take long to turn your thoughts to God. It doesn't take long to say, Lord, put a song in my heart. It doesn't take long to say, Lord, I can't even be kind to those around me. Help me, though, to stop and think how I can express kindness. How can I act kind? It doesn't take long to realize Just as he created Adam, he wants to recreate in us a new heart, a new spirit, a new way of living. Do you want that type of life? Let me take you from this place, just a short ways in the future. I was reading a book in the bookstore, it talked about urgency. I believe we're we're living in the last days of earth's history. I don't know if Jesus is coming and... Seven days, seven years, 70 years. What I know is if I don't, my heart doesn't beat for seven beats, next thing I know will be Jesus coming. His coming is soon and very soon. And the good news is, as we turn and look to Jesus, He wants us to reach a perishing world. He sent, the Father sent His only begotten Son. Go back with me into that darkness. Everything was perfect in heaven. Adam and Eve sinned. God could have just closed darkness around the world and said, I'll start all over. That's it. They sinned. They failed. I'll start over. Let's start all over. Just a couple of of words from his mouth. A new world. A second chance. He didn't do that. He sent his only begotten son to live and die on the cross for your sin, for my sin today, friends. And the urgency of heaven was, while everything was perfect, there was a lost world that needed to be saved. And that lost world was you and me. The sins he died on the cross was not for the sins of the world. It was for my sin. It was for your sin. And the same urgency that caused the Father to send his Son into the world is the same urgency he wants us to move into the world for. Because until everyone, everyone in the world knows about His grace, 
has been invited, heaven will not be complete. The fullest portrait of Christ in the mosaic of the universe is when all have been given the opportunity and the opportunity to accept Christ in his fullness. All have been given the the choice to choose Jesus. It's with that urgency that we are called and commissioned through his creative power. We don't even know how to do this. But I'll guarantee you, friends, the world has yet to see what the church filled with committed individuals can accomplish by the Spirit of God. Can you say amen? amen? The problem is we are hesitant. The problem is we think we need a methodology. We think we need a strategy. We think we need a program. We need all of that to be organized. But the greatest need today, friends, is for God to reach into each person's life to take the gospel into the world where you live. Because you see, nobody else can do it except you. You have friends that nobody else can touch. You have acquaintances at work that need to hear about the love of Jesus Christ. As we go forth from this place into our various spheres in this world, Christ's Spirit goes forward to touch, move hearts, as you pray, Lord, help me reach Bob at work, Mary at, at the office, Susie who wakes, waits on me uh, at, in a restaurant, Mary at, at the grocery store, all of the people that I come in contact, to, contact with, Lord, put the thoughts in my mind, the words in my mouth that I should speak. Let me show them acts of kindness. And then the world, not the corporate world as we know it, then my world as I know it will be touched with the gospel. For none of you can reach the people that I know, and I can't reach the people that you know, but all of heaven is dependent on you taking the gospel into your world. Do you believe that, friends? Then Jesus will come. But he's got a creative work to do through us as we open our hearts and our lives to him. By realizing our thoughts are not his thoughts. By putting a what on our our lips? A song in our lips? A song in our heart? A word in our lips? By filling our hearts with kindness and acts of love? By reaching out to a perishing world? By sharing the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ? Then Christ's mosaic and his image will be proclaimed to a perishing world. Friends, I can't wait for that day. Because in that day when Jesus comes and we gather around his throne of grace, there's a new name written there for you. You read it in Revelation, didn't you? On that stone is your new name. I'm not sure what mine will be. It'll be rascal. Won't bother me a bit. Might be something else. But what it'll say is redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. This is my child in whom I am well pleased. This is my child. My son died on the cross for. I want to take that gospel to a perishing world. How about you, friends? Let us pray. Father, as, as we spend some time today, Lord, we realize in our lives there are those desert spots, There are those places where we don't have much spiritually. We may not have none. But Lord, give us that one moment. Give us that one thought. Give us that one song. Give us that one act of kindness. Give us that one moment that our 
our life might resonate with you, that we might find that one person that we can share your goodness and grace with, that we may bless them, that they might have a relationship with you. So, Father, keep us in the hollow of your hands and in the center of your will. I ask in Christ's precious name. Amen. In just a moment, we'll receive our offering for our church expense. And I'd like to encourage you, uh, the unmarked offering today will be for region activities. Our West Region uh, is focusing on um, assisting with scholarships, looking towards hiring additional pastors. If you can be generous, uh, we do region events across the area churches where we come together for worship conferences and training events. The Lord will bless as you give the abundance of your life as he has blessed you.